If you're glad to be here this morning, say amen. amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and Happy New Year to you. We uh, had a Sunday off last week. We got to go to the farm in Gatesville and spend a few days. We went to First Baptist Gatesville last week. My brother David is the interim pastor. And my brother Joe sings in the praise team. And my nephew Anna sings in the praise team. And my nephew Benjamin plays in the praise team. And so we thought we'd go be with family. And when we got over there, none of them were there. Nobody. We were the only Crosbys in the church. So anyway, we're glad to be back among family since they all forsook us last week. If you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2. And the book of Hebrews is going to be the focus of our attention over the next few months as we explore um, the subject of Hebrews, which is the focus on Jesus Christ. We're going to talk today about the whole book, how the book is laid out. What is the outline of the book and the purpose of the book? And really the book helps us to uh, focus our attention on the purpose, on the person of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm convinced that women are better gift givers than men. Amen? Um, I know you men, if you're like me, it just, I just don't think of things that my wife needs for Christmas. So uh, I'll ask her, you know, about a week before Christmas, maybe two weeks. So what do, you, what do you want for Christmas? And she's always vague because she thinks that you ought to know. Y'all, y'all have this experience? I, I'll try text the girls or whatever to try to find out, and I'm just not any good at it. So um, I pick up the things she tells me. But this, this year it got so bad, she was leaving presents for herself in my closet <laughs> for me to wrap and put under the tree. She figures we're to that point in our relationship, it'd be better that she just buy it and I just wrap it and put it under the tree. But one of the surprises I got for Christmas this year was a new pair of binoculars. It's been about three years ago. We took the whole family. We went uh, to the beach and we were on some concrete. We're looking at ships and one of the grandchildren dropped my binoculars on the concrete and broke them. And I'd really, really had forgot about it. Uh, if my kid had done it, I'd have been upset. My grandkid, it's okay. It's, it's just binoculars. But my wife remembered, and she bought me a new pair of binoculars. So we're at the farm. We're looking through the binoculars, doing a little deer hunting, and we had a good time doing that. But binoculars are um, um, created to help us magnify what we're looking at and focus. And they're really amazing instruments when you're deer hunting or when you're looking at ships or whatever. All the distractions are put aside and whatever you are focused on is magnified, comes into clear view. The author of Hebrews felt like the early church didn't have a clear picture of who Jesus was. So the author of Hebrews uses these chapters, and we don't know who the author is. The author's never mentioned in the book. He mentions Timothy in chapter 13, and that Timothy's soon going to get out of prison, but he never says his name. In the old King James, it says that the book of Hebrews was written by the apostle Paul, but there is no mention of Paul's name in the text. So though it sounds like Paul would write the book, that we don't really think it's Paul, every other letter Paul wrote, 
He named himself Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God the Father, with Timothy. And he would write his letter, but he doesn't do that in the book of Hebrews. So we have no understanding of who wrote the book. Um, we do know that the book is an effort to distinguish Judaism from Christianity. So a lot of the people to whom Paul wrote were Jewish Christians. I said it. See, I said it. Paul wrote. Paul probably didn't write it. Maybe Luke wrote it. Maybe Apollos wrote it. Maybe Barnabas. Maybe Peter. There's all kind of thoughts about who the author is. And we know whoever wrote it was well informed about the Judaism faith. But he, was, he didn't want the Christians to go back to the Judaistic faith. He wanted them to continue on in their pursuit of Jesus Christ and to understand that Jesus is superior to all the people and all the places and all the practices of Judaism. Now, the book of Hebrews is good for us because it reminds us in our culture that Jesus is greater than all these other things around us and all the things in Judaism as well. The, the word Hebrew is first used in the Bible in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 13. Abraham was called the Hebrew. We don't really know why. There was an ancestor of, of Abraham named Eber. And he's mentioned in Genesis chapter 10 and verse 24. He's the great-grandson of Shem. Now here's a very interesting fact, in case you don't know it. Shem is the son of Noah, and Shem is in the lineage, or, or begins the lineage of what we call the Semitic people. Shemitic, Semitic, Semite. You, you think, well, I've heard that. Yeah, you've heard it. Just recently in New York, there have been attacks against Jewish people, and they call those anti-Semitic. Why? Because it's linked back to Shem. The son of Noah, who is the father of the Semitic people. And one of Shem's grandsons is Eber, and he is a forefather of Abraham. So some think the word Hebrew came from this Eber, who's a forefather of Abraham. Whatever the reason, Abraham is called the Hebrew in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 13. And all of Abraham's descendants then were referred to as Hebrews or Israelites or Jews. And all of them. Well, they're all referred to the same people. Sometimes the word Hebrew is interpreted from the other side of the river, meaning that Abraham came from Chaldea, and so he must have been come across the Euphrates River. Maybe the word Hebrew is used of Abraham because he came from the other side of the river. It's used in a derogatory way. Remember when Joseph went to Egypt, uh, Potiphar's wife called him that Hebrew in Genesis chapter 39, verse 14. So the title of the book, Hebrews, means the author was writing to Hebrew Christians. 
people who were Jews, were Israelites, descendants of Abraham, that believed that Jesus was the Messiah. They had been saved. They accepted Christ. They were part of the church. They were followers of Christ. But along the way, they got persecuted. They got distracted. And they began to see Jesus as not as important as before. So the author of Hebrews wants to exalt the person of Jesus Christ. Get him in clear focus. Let's read Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 1 and, uh, and verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. There's a joke out there that says, why are men supposed to make coffee in the morning? And the answer is because the Bible says he brews. So um, what we're going to do and I don't know that we did it this morning, uh, we're going to offer some special coffee. I'm not being funny now, I'm being serious. Not about the Hebrews, but about the special coffee. We're going to have special coffee for you the next few Sundays, so you make sure you get here early, and, um, and I'm not sure if a man's going to brew it or not, but anyway. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the worlds. The author of Hebrews says that our fathers heard from God through the prophets. But God has spoken to us through his only son, Jesus Christ. Jesus wasn't created. He is the creator and he owns everything. That's verses 1 and 2. So what, what is the summary kind of of Hebrews? Let me give you a couple thoughts. Number one, the author wants us to understand the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Supremacy. The more excellent, the greatness. In fact, there's a Greek word used throughout the book called kreton. And it means more excellent. It's repeatedly uh, excellent, superior, better, greater. So when you ask yourself, well, what is Jesus greater than? Here's what the book of Hebrews says. Jesus is greater than the prophets. Hebrews chapter 1. One says God spoke in times past to the fathers, to the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us through his son. So some who would say, well, Jesus is just another good prophet. The author of Hebrews says, no, no, Jesus isn't just a prophet. He's the son of God. We have heard from the very son of God. Jesus is greater than the prophets. Number two, Jesus is greater than the angels. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 4 says, having become so much better than the angels. Hebrews 1 verse 6 says, let the angels of God worship him. Were any of the angels in the past to be worshipped? No. And some paralyzed, some would compare Jesus to another angel and to the worship of angels. The author of Hebrews says Jesus isn't an angel. He's the son of God. He's the creator of the world. He owns everything and the angels of God worship him. He's greater than the angels. The author of Hebrews says Jesus is greater than Moses. 
in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 3. He says, For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. So again, you have these Hebrew Christians, and they hold Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and they hold Moses in high esteem. And could Jesus be more important than Moses? And the author of Hebrews says, oh, Jesus is greater than Moses. The author of Hebrews says that Jesus is greater than the priests of the Old Testament. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 6 says that Jesus is a priest forever. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9 says he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him called by God as high priest. So someone would say, well, Jesus is just a, another priest like Aaron. He's another priest like the high priest in the temple. And the other Hebrew says, oh, no, Jesus isn't just the high priest. He's the high priest appointed by God from heaven, and his salvation is forever. Greater than the prophets, greater than the angels, greater than Moses, greater than the priest. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 23 says, There were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, meaning Jesus Christ, be, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Jesus is greater than the old covenant given by Moses. See, many of the Hebrew people, they held and hoped in the old covenant that God made with Moses on Mount Sinai. They obeyed the law, and then they would be saved. And the, the author of Hebrews says, the covenant that Jesus Christ gave us is better than the old covenant. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6 says, He is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. Jesus is greater than the tabernacle or the temple. See, there was a question about, well, maybe when was Hebrews written? I really didn't cover that earlier, but since the author mentions the temple, and the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, then we think probably the book was written before that. Maybe 60 A.D., maybe 65. We know he, again, he's a friend of Timothy. He mentions Timothy in chapter 13. But here the, the author would say that, well, we're hold of the temple, and those who come and sacrifice at the temple, that they're the real people of God. Hebrews 9, verse 11, listen to what it says. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. We think the temple is great and we go to Jerusalem to worship, but Jesus Christ, he has created a better, more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. And then Jesus is greater than all the sacrifices that have ever been given. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 11, it says every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, 
sat down at the right hand of God, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Man! So in the Hebrew faith, they had to make repeated sacrifice to cover their sins. They had to go and offer before the priest at the temple in order to atone for the sins of the people. And the book of Hebrews, the author says, we don't have to do that anymore. Because God has provided for us in Jesus Christ the perfect sacrifice that perfects those who are being sanctified continually. We don't have to offer any more sacrifices to God because God provided the perfect sacrifice in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is greater than the prophets. He is greater than the angels. He is greater than Moses. He is greater than the covenant. He is greater than the priest. He is greater than all the sacrifices that have ever been made. Jesus Christ is greater. He's above it all. Hey, that's a great way to start your year. Set your focus on Jesus. Be reminded of who He is. Not just another prophet from God. Not just a ministering angel. Not just another priest. Not just a spokesman. He is the Son of God who created the world and who owns it all. And He loves you. And He died for you. He laid His life on the cross for you. This is the God we serve. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. So the author of Hebrews is concerned that maybe the people have lost sight of who Jesus is. So the purpose of the book is to understand the supremacy of Jesus. And then secondly, the purpose of the book is to encourage the people to continue strong because of Jesus. Anybody here discouraged? Anybody going through some tough times? Somebody here feeling like life's not worth it, feeling a little tired, got a little frustration, aggravated with things in life. See, Hebrews is a good book for you. The book of Hebrews says when you get discouraged, look to Jesus. Think about Jesus. Remember Jesus. Persevere because of Jesus. Don't give in. Don't give out. Don't give up because Jesus didn't and he's the author of life and he gives strength to you. See, the book of Hebrews was written during a time when Christians were under persecution. The Romans were persecuting Christians. In fact, he mentions the persecution in chapter 12. And he says, you can't give up now because of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. The author of Hebrews says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he, Jesus, who promised, is faithful. Keep holding on, he would say. You know, I read this this week, according to Open Doors, which is a group that monitors Christian persecution around the world, that 245 million Christians were persecuted in 2019. I, I kind of find it hard to believe, but this group that keeps track of that says that one out of every nine Christians in the world has suffered persecution in 2019. During Christmas, you, right, you might remember, there were 11 Christians killed on Christmas Day in Nigeria. And they put a video together. They cut 10 of their heads off. I don't know how they killed the 11th. Christians are suffering for their faith. In fact, it's said that, um, that many Christians are dying in the world because of their faith in Christ. 
And so this book is a book of encouragement to remind us that whatever cost we pay for the faith, it's worth it. Jesus himself endured the cross, despised the shame, and you can too. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. That, that's a curious verse. Jesus is greater than the prophets. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than the covenants. And in these last days, God spoke to us through his son. And we must give more earnest heed. Why? Because now we're hearing from the son of God. What does that mean for you and I? That means we better be careful with what we do with the Bible. Don't neglect the scripture. This is the word of God. Jesus Christ spoke to us. And we want, to, we want to hear, we must give more earnest heed. Hebrews 6 verse 2 says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Isn't that interesting? The author of Hebrews says, I'm watching your lives and I'm convinced you can do better. That kind of makes me feel conviction. That's like hearing from my daddy. You know, Sam, you've done good, but I think you could do a little better. The author of Hebrews says, because of who Jesus Christ is, and because he's spoken to us in these last days, and we have heard what he's had to say, we can do better. You've done good, but you could do better. That's what he says. We are confident of better things concerning you, things that accompany salvation. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11, listen to this. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish. So the author of Hebrews, looking at the church, sees believers and he says, you know, you could do better. In fact, you're a little sluggish in your faith. The book of Hebrews was written to stir Christians to action. To pray a little more earnest. To read a more, read more intently. To fellowship together, to worship together, to grow in the faith. If Jesus is who Jesus said he is, and he is, and we are devoted followers of Jesus Christ, then there ought to be a passion and a stirring in our heart about serving him. The author of Hebrews says, you know, I think you could do a little better. Hebrews 10 verse 24 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This means that the author of Hebrews noticed that people weren't coming together for worship as much as they used to. Church, Bible study, wasn't a priority. So in Hebrews 10, 24, he says, hey, don't stop gathering together, but gather even more because of who Jesus is. And find ways to encourage one another because of who Jesus is. 
Though in, in 2020, in this new year, as we look at the book of Hebrews, and we're reminded of the priority, the, the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, here's some res resolutions. I love the song we sang, I'm Resolved. Here's some resolutions. I'm going to resolve. I'm going to do a little better. I'm going to read a little more. I'm going to pray a little deeper. I'm going to be more active. I'm going to encourage people. I'm going to keep my eyes focused on Jesus. I'm going to grow spiritually in my faith. I don't want to be distracted by this world. I want my attention and my focus to be on the one who is the name above all names, Jesus Christ. I want 2020 to be a year when the world sees Christ living in me. So the purpose of the book is to understand the supremacy of Christ. The book, purpose of the book is to continue, encourage to people to continue strong because of Jesus. And there's a third purpose. Here's the third purpose of the book. Keep your focus on Jesus. That brings me back to the binoculars. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 is a list of all the great saints of the Old Testament. It says, now faith is the substance of things we hope for and the evidence of things that are not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. And then it lists all these Old Testament saints. Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Joseph and Moses and Rachel and Gideon. There's a whole list in chapter 11 of the saints of God that are supposed to encourage us. Then in chapter 12, it says, therefore... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now maybe these old saints in heaven are watching us. And maybe simply the old saints of the Old Testament are a witness to us that we can make it too. Since we're surrounded by these witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Chapter 11 tells us about these saints and then chapter 12 says just like they persevered you persevere but look chapter 12 verse 2 looking unto Jesus Chapter 11, all these wonderful saints and everything they did. Chapter 12, verse 2. Let's read it together. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. I think it's beautiful. All of this, Jesus is greater than angels and prophets and Moses and the old covenant and the tabernacle and the temple and the sacrifices. And here's all these great saints that have shown us the way. But friend, chapter 12, verse 2, when you get discouraged, look to Jesus. Focus your attention on Jesus. That's a great resolution for the year ahead. Lord, help me put my attention on Jesus Christ and live in such a way that brings honor and glory to him. So the book ends in chapter 13, verse 20, 
Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The book ends says, hey, live your life for the glory of Jesus Christ, who is greater than it all. There's a lot of Facebook posts when it came across the new year. One of them that I read was about a gathering of college students at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. The post said there were 65,000 college students gathered over the new year to welcome in the new year with worship and Bible study and prayer. The article I read said, isn't that encouraging to know that college students, they weren't out partying in the new year, they were out praying in the new year. The stated purpose of the meeting, here it is, to say goodbye to lesser things and say yes to Jesus, the one whose name is above every name. You know, I'd say that's a pretty good resolution. I'm going to say goodbye to lesser things. And I'm going to say yes to Jesus, whose name is above every name. Let's bow together as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the Word of God. Lord, I'm thankful to know that the author of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, felt compelled to write this book with the purpose of placing the focus of the church on Jesus, reminding the church of the greatness of Jesus, that he created it all and he owns it all and he died for it all. And he died for us. And he rose from the grave and he conquered death. And he gives to us eternal life and he's worthy of our worship and worthy of our praise that he is the greater purpose, Lord, that there is nothing in this world that compares for our devotion like the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, in this place today as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, there might be a new resolution in our heart as we face this new year, to put our attention on Jesus, to think about Jesus, to read the scriptures about Jesus, to meditate about Jesus, to talk to others about Jesus. I just pray, Heavenly Father, as we read through this book of Hebrews and as we study the book of Hebrews, that you would kindle a fire in our heart, Lord, a fresh passion for devotion to Jesus Christ who is the name above all names. Lord, I pray in this place today, if there's someone here that's never come to Christ for salvation, they've never been saved, they've never understood the need for the forgiveness of their sins, Lord, I pray today would be a day where they would yield their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for believers, Lord, Christians like me, who might be a little sluggish, 
who might have lost a little interest, certainly got distracted by the world. I pray, Lord, the Spirit of God would stir our heart, kindle a fresh devotion to Jesus and to place our focus and our, our attention on the person of Jesus Christ, that you would be glorified and honored and exalted in our lives. So we now give this time of invitation to you for you to do in us whatever you want to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.